Good grief. I mean, I just started. <laughs> and you're doing it again. Don't make me laugh. It makes it worse. In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, <laughs> Jeannie's just going to cough the whole episode. It's listener email. <laughs> episode two. Get you some. Let's go. Episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, your humble servant, the Q Diggity Dow, in the Moran family studio with my coughing wife, Jeannie. I'm no longer lovely. You are lovely. You're a lovely cougher. Uh, cough, hello to the audience. I'm going to say something else in a minute and it's hey, not going to be the audience. The E for explicit is on because of you. Say what needs to be said. Shut up, Quincy. Keep moving on. <laughs> <laughs> There's a famous line. Um, what's that movie uh, with Bruce Willis and uh, Ben Affleck? It's uh, Liv Tyler and all that. Uh, Armageddon. Armageddon, yeah. Um, so one of the guys that uh, I work with, he's one of those high up in the company guys, and he sent that to me, you know. He said, every time I hear your name, I think of Shut Up Quincy when Billy Bob Thornton, you know, mm-hmm. was talking about that. So I recorded it and sent it to him. I need to do that again. It's been a long time. Anyway, here we are. We are doing episode number two of a follow-up on um, listener email. In this particular, Jack sent us an email in review. Um, he feels like he and his wife are roommates or has an essence of, of roommates, and uh, we're going to get into the details of that. I'm going to give you, you know, the three or four takeaways from the last episode. If you have not heard that episode, please pause. Right, don't pause yet. Pause after I say this. Go back and listen to it. I don't know what I'm going to name the episode, but whatever it is, the episode right before this, if you haven't listened, go listen to it. Pause now. Okay, for those of you who have listened, or for those of you who are stubborn and hard-headed, much like myself, um, here's where we're going to get into it. Before that, remember, QuincyMoran.com. Go check it out. Sign up for my email list, please. That will help me connect directly with you. If this podcast is helping you, please give us a five-star review, whatever you see fit. If the podcast isn't helping you, you don't like it, don't do any kind of review. Okay, we don't. No, nobody needs that. All right. Anyway, I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. Uh, with that being said, <laughs> princess coughs a lot. Um, here are the takeaways from that particular episode. So, number one, and I don't, Jack, listen to me, brother. I'm not saying this to pick at you. So I pray you you have thick skin and you understand the context from which we are coming from. This is to help you. It's to help you step outside of your situation so you can hear it. So I'm not attacking you. I'm not attacking you. I hope you're good with that. And for other listeners sending us emails, no, we're not attacking here. It's an open discussion. And so we're doing our best to, to paint the picture for you, for your takeaways. So number one, I had to come to this realization. I'm giving it to you based on this, this particular email and episode. You are not the center of her universe. You may be the center of her heart, but you're not the center of her universe. If every problem has to do with you, you may be the center of her universe at the moment, and that is going to take 
some help. And that's okay as long as you kind of figure out where you are. Number two, learn and share the say it ugly principle with your wife. Why is that? Or with your husband. Why is that? Because we all, when things are uncomfortable, we kind of feel itchy in our own skin. Like you can't get away with it. You don't know how to bring it up. So a lot of times you won't bring it up until it's the last possible minute. You're mad about something else, and then you'll take a shot. Maybe that's just Jeannie and I. Take a shot at each other, and you'll say it, or you'll bring it to the table, and it's not, you know, like we say, it's not about the dishes. It's about something else. So learn how, discuss it with your wife. If you haven't listened to the episode, go find it so you can understand how this principle helped Jeannie and I so much, and it was birthed out of a deep insecurity of myself. I did not know how to tell her something that I was insecure about. And so it's like, I need to get over this. I need to say this. It might be ugly, so I'm going to say it ugly, and let's please clean it up. You can't use that principle alone, because if your wife, if your husband or your wife don't understand it and you try to use this principle, it's going to backfire on you. Yeah. So there you go. Number three, whatever your situation is, say you're getting ready to email me or you already have, understand that I'm, I'm most likely going to ask you some questions, and it's a what, no, why and what questions, and then the how question. So it's different in every case, but when you go back, like for for our guy Jack here, here's my questions um, just briefly. You know, this exercise helps me understand what event took place to, to make you uh, or your wife not feel safe to express yourselves. That was, like I say, particular to the email. You know, and then how how do you define what roommates are? And so that's just really quickly, that's an example there um, of how the, the why, what questions will help you understand if you go through the process of thinking about them. And number four, we must ask when we get an answer, A, if, if she doesn't understand it, it's like, hey, I said this, but what did you hear when I said it? And then, you know, she can repeat it or vice versa. And if your spouse is not saying what you meant to say, take a chance and say it over again. If you're nervous to say something and you need to break the ice, a joke is not always the right thing to do. I did that because I was nervous and uncomfortable. So I get it. But that is not going to, that's not going to further the discussion. It might come across as insensitive, even if it's like a great joke, great timing, it may come across as insensitive, and that's not what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So when you ask your wife, you know, you understand, okay, she's up. Look, she's up. So I come home, and Jeannie's, Jeannie's you know, she's starchy. She's, uh, she's, not, she's not, you know, responsive to me. Uh, automatically, do I think, what did I do wrong? No, not anymore. Right now, it's like I'm seeking to understand what's going on. So I'm not taking a position here. It's more like, you know, <clears throat> hey, honey. Um, you seem a bit sharp or you seem frustrated. Is everything okay? Or is there something we need to talk about, etc.? And then we kind of move the discussion on from there. This is not something we just started. This was in development 
for the better part of a decade or more. And so we're giving you these tactics or tools so that you can accelerate ahead of where we were. But that's the place, that's the place to start right there. So just to re- recap, Jack, great to hear from you, my man. It takes a lot of guts and courage to put yourself out there. Real talk. I got a couple of questions. First, tell me about, uh, tell me about your relationship. That's, I screwed that up. I have a couple of questions. First, tell me about your relationship like. Oh, first, tell me about your relationship like punctuation. Screwed that up. <clears throat> how long have y'all been married? There's another how question. Tell me how you met your wife. Tell me about your family dynamics. You know, Tell me why you chose her to be your wife. I want to get you in that mindset so I can get you thinking from the right place. Uh, try to weed through the resentment or the fear or whatever else going on. Uh, this exercise helps me to understand a bit more about you, which in turn helped me provide some guidance. And so here's my questions. What, what event took place? Because, you know, he's, he's saying, hey, I want to I wanna make sure that it's a safe place. What event took place to make you and your wife or your wife not feel safe to express yourself? And how do you define living as roommates? Those are more how, why, what, will, blah, blah questions. And then, you know, asking if your wife um, listens to the show. So we'll, we'll get right back here again, um, and we'll talk about Jack's response to me. So we've been together since 2016, married since 2019. Congratulations! I love it. This is a unique story. I met my wife on a dating app, and we talked all night that day and decided to meet up in person a couple of days after. Since then, we have been inseparable. You know, it's 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 cool that people can meet on a dating app and and make a make a relationship out of it. Jeannie and I met, you know, through a mutual friend babysitting, and we from that moment on were inseparable. I mean, it was just it, it was what it was, just boom, that fast. So it's pretty cool. The dating app is now your friend that's connecting you. Um, and there's some you know algorithm that helps you with that great i mean to me it's awesome i love it um let's see since then we've been in several i chose her because she has been the one to better me in every aspect that's always a great quality somebody's going to challenge you to be better i love that she truly supports me and loves me for just me i mean we're all as human beings i don't care if it's brock lesnar or Quincy Moran, we're all looking for someone to accept us. We want it. Sometimes we want somebody to accept us and our justifications and why we're not doing what we're doing. But when it's all said and done, we just want somebody to accept us, love us, and approve of us. Um, it's just how we're, how we're built as human beings. So through all the situations life brings, she constantly stands by me through it. That's my bestie for life there i mean so that what when you hear that honey what do you think about like when you when you hear this is the reason because it's important to know why did you choose your spouse i mean what do i feel when you tell why you chose me no just hearing hearing that and then you know maybe maybe think for a second why why you chose me that you didn't judge me you didn't, you didn't judge me for anything. I was in a world of mess when you and I met. You didn't know it until a few weeks in, but 
you didn't judge me. You didn't care what mess I was or, or what I was doing. It was, um, it was just easy to be me. And that was kind of rare at the time because um, where we were and what we were dealing with, we were coming from two different worlds. Oh, yeah. And um, some of your world didn't like mine much. So I I didn't really expect to fit. But well, I didn't, and I didn't, I didn't fit with everybody else, but I fit with you. Yeah. Well, you didn't know exactly what my world was until we got to know each other more. Mm, I got a taste of it just from the people we were around, but um, the hard stuff we didn't hit till later. But there were, there were a few things that came up um, just from your friends that you had around and things like that. Nobody thought, or very, very few thought that you should have been with me at all yeah and that started in the beginning like that was evident in the very beginning but um you never judged it you you never you never tried to make me be something i wasn't now i didn't catch that when we were first married i thought that was gonna switch i didn't know that it wasn't going to so i had already planned all that mess in my head made my mess bigger um but you you didn't judge me you definitely made sure i felt safe um, when people did come at me, you were quick to shut it down, which I wasn't used to that. I didn't have that growing up. Not, not in a lot of ways. Um, we had a lot of things that we wanted in common. And if I talked about it, like when you're young, usually as a girl, when you start talking about what you want for your future and kids and things like that, guys are like, okay, where's the nearest exit? <laughs> How quickly can we pull this off? Um, you know, it, it, there's a variety of things that happen mm-hmm. when we're young and, and we're not always on the same page. You and I were on the same page. Like everything that we had in common, all the goals that we had, all the things that we wanted. Um, it just, I don't know. Everything just clicked. It wasn't hard until later, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <clears throat> but I knew. I mean, it was one of those things that um, when we started talking and we really started getting into like getting to know each other. I mean, we went, we went full bore yeah. getting to know each other. We didn't, it was like, look, I, I don't have time to play around. I don't have time to, you know, get my feet wet and see if I like the temperature. I, I'm either in or I'm out. This yeah, is, this me is too. kind of how this works. And um, the deeper we got, the more we realized there was more to this than, you know, just being friends. We didn't cross that line right away, but we knew that's where we were headed. Yeah, I think we were both we were both getting off on that exit pretty quick. Yeah, I well There was a crazy connection to me in the beginning. Mm-hmm. There was just an unreal connection. You you speak for yourself. But uh where I was sitting, I was like I want us to be friends, but I knew, I knew already cuz you had this hard like you had this hard exterior. <coughs> and I was like I see right through this girl. This girl's got a heart, a humongous heart. And so when I saw that, I was like, ooh, she's a rebel. She lives out loud. And she's everything I can't be. And I have to have her in my life. And the way I made you laugh, the way you thought my jokes were funny, um, I was like, oh, man. And then like you say, it's like one thing after the next after the next was a connecting point for commonality. Mm-hmm. You know, so I would 
very shortly after, like I was trying to slow track it, but I just realized at a certain point, you know, you were on a break from another guy, which means you had no, we were on a break. We were on a break. Um, so yeah, it was, and, and the reason I, I wanted you, like, I didn't ask you, I didn't tell you before the show I was going to have you do that. But to me, I think it's important, especially if you're at a hard time in your relationship or you're going through a hard moment in your relationship is to pump the brakes, pull off the freeway real quick, and just remember why you started this journey. It helps because going back and looking at, um, you know, you didn't judge me. You didn't, you didn't try to change who I was. You didn't try to push anything on me that, you know, I didn't want. And then when you're married and you're going through things, if you can go back to that moment and that mindset, you can realize, okay, he wouldn't put me in a position knowing that this would not be good for me. He wouldn't knowingly try to change me or hurt me. That's not who you are. Yes. You know, it just, it reminds you very quickly that this is not the, 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 internal dialogue you may be having because of an argument or something that you're frustrated about, or maybe it's just something you personally are going through and it's deflecting to. Yeah. Like you're projecting it on other people. Yeah. You, when you can go back to that moment and realize, "Mm, no, wait a minute. Everything that I thought would have been right for you was not me, but you chose me and you didn't hold those things against me. That you didn't want any of that. You wanted me for me. Mm-hmm. So when I'm going through my own mess, it's like, okay, it's a mess. But you like my mess. So it's it's okay. And then it, it, it helps me to not look at you as someone who's going to intentionally hurt me. Yeah. And that and that was a big... Sorry. I, actually, I, I might change that up. I might, I might come over there and hurt you. For all that coughing! <laughs> I don't know how I could hurt you, but... Uh, Put your headphones on real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know the, the way I hurt you is to hold you down and tickle you until you scream. Or I pee on your side of the bed, whichever comes Obscenities or something of that nature. Um, so with that, it's like this is a... When I, like her, like Jeannie, when I came to the realization, like I'm... I, what's not good about me is... <laughs> I will watch people's habits. You know, in the past, I've watched people's habits, and then I I assume their intentions. But when I came to the realization that Jeannie is not going to intentionally hurt me, like try to emotionally damage me, it increased my ability to trust her times 10 at least. And that does help me. This exercise I'm teaching y'all helps me when we're going through hard times because I can get I can get way, 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 way outside of the lines and thinking, you know, overthinking what Jeannie's thinking. So oh, don't do that. Jeannie overthinks what Jeannie's thinking. Yeah. So don't go there. <laughs> I'll do enough for both of us. I promise. So do the exercise and think. Why did I start this journey? Rekindle the idea, and I, I would encourage you to do it often. Do it often and maybe ask that question to your wife, even if she doesn't listen to the show. You know, just, you know, have a drink and um, or whatever you like to do and just say, hey, let's let's talk about why we chose each other. I think that is a great exercise to do. We're you and I are doing that right now. So that's the example I want to give you. So, you know, just kind of moving 
you know, forging ahead here. Tell me about your family dynamics. Um, so we both have demanding jobs, but hers is more demanding as she is far ahead in her career than me. She is just brilliant at what she does. Um, she's the main breadwinner. We have two kids, two years, and ten months. So let me tell let me just tell you something real quick here, Jack. Um I want to go back to that point that you're not the center of her universe. You might you're the center of her heart. And I'm talking to everybody out there, not just Jack in this email. But it is easy for something to be off with a mom who has a two year old and a ten month old. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now, I commend you both. You have my utmost respect. She's working you're working, and you have children. There is nothing easy about that. <laughs> there is nothing easy about that at all. And I can't, I've never been a woman. I can never be a woman. I can only be a man, and I can only give you that perspective. That's the beauty of having Jeannie on this show. As, as a breadwinner in this house, as the breadwinner, let's say, you know, I've had discussions with people lately when Jeannie and I are going to buy a house, and it's like, well... You make the money. So ultimately, it's kind of your decision. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> Don't bring me around them people, please. Oh, it doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> that's that's a natural thought. And, and I'm okay with that point of view. It's, well, it's natural for, for most people. It, it's not natural for you and me. We, we have a different understanding there. Well, and all I do is present this perspective mm-hmm. to say, look, I go out and I make the money. That's true. But two things can be true at once. If Jeannie didn't do what she does for our family, I couldn't be out making the money. If we tried to do the child care thing with with all that we have going on, your job would be to pay, your and my job would be to pay for the child care. So I can only go do what I do because of the full-time job you have doing what you do. Mm-hmm. And th- that's our choice. That's our marriage. And you know, for y'all's marriage, Jack, this is what you've chosen. And so you talk about she's like 10 months out from having a child. What does a mother go through? Oh, she's still trying to balance hormones. Her body's still trying to get back on track. She's probably exhausted to some degree, mentally and emotionally both. Um, Physically goes without saying, I mean, it's 10 months. There's still, you still have periods where the baby that young doesn't always sleep through the night. You're probably working on teething because they're between 10 months and a year is when you start actually cutting real teeth. You know, the back ones start coming in and start causing problems. You growth spurts. They don't sleep. They cry a lot because they can't tell you what they're going through. Right. And then there's that insecurity that comes with why are they crying? I don't know why they're crying. I've done everything I know to do because you can't tell if a child's going through a growth spurt. You can't tell if they don't feel well, unless they have a fever there, dude, we're, we still deal with this with Kirsten and she's 20 and autistic. She can't tell me what's wrong. And it's very frustrating and emotionally draining when you don't know 
sure. how to fix it. Sure. So just from just from that one child, that's not including your two-year-old who I'm sure is they're at that pivotal point where the personality is starting to shift. They're getting curious. They're getting into things. Yeah, rename this, <laughs> rename this time in the twos. Call them the terrific twos. If you go by the ter- the terrible twos, then you're going to get you're going to get what you're asking for. So let let me make a distinction here. Now I'm not I'm not bringing this out. Um, I'm not bringing this out to pick on you, Jack. I, all I'm doing for you, for myself, because Jeannie's in charge of two adult children that are effectively the age of four and seven years old. Um, I'm saying as an example. And thank God you emailed because this gives all every guy listening to this show um, that has a similar setup or every girl listening to this show that has a similar setup. It gives us a moment to pump the brakes and pull off the freeway. Flip this for a second. Let's put you in Jack's shoes. We have a two-year-old and a 10-month-old. At the time, we technically had a two-year-old and three. Yeah. Okay. I'm going through what I'm going through, dealing with the kids all day long, and you come home after work and you're trying to help out. What are you dealing with? Yeah, that's a loaded question. I'm serious. Think about it. Put put yourself back there a few years ago. Where were you coming home with Hunter, who was just starting to walk? He is still not really talkative. Um, we've got three little ones. One of our... well. At that point, let's see, if we go to where they're 10 months, Hannah would be done with her first round of seizures and whatnot and her her surgery. So we are probably right about 10 months with the triplets. We are just about at the point of we're doing well. The difference here is I'm pregnant again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I and was pregnant that seven months into that. But You know, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be much help on this one because – you at that time were feeling responsible for, you know, the girls. But what were you what, I, with I'm, me? With I know, me. I know. Um, you know, being being de- if I could even go back that far to think this this like this in the moment, because you know, a couple months after they were born, they finally got to you know they were finally all home together. And then I don't remember a lot because we, sleep. we there was not a lot of sleep going on. But I know both of us had a ton of insecurities we were not sharing with each other. And there's an insecurity. There could be. Like, I don't know. I don't know the relationship dynamic here um, when it comes to her career and your career. But for some guys, um, if their wife earns more money than them, it can be intimidating. Mm-hmm. So... You know, who knows what those scenarios look like there. What voices are in your head on that one? <clears throat> right. But for me, uh, I, I was always concerned. I had a, a fear-laden mindset that I was not going to be able to provide here. And I didn't, I didn't know what I could do for you. I had no idea. Because at that point, we had ventured into survival mode. Yeah. So I didn't even think you liked me very much. And... You know, we were going through this together. We had other people living in our house at that point, too. Yeah, there was a lot going on. So um, I enjoyed the days. I enjoyed our time. But there was a deep amount of insecurity that I recall. And, uh, you know, you needed help. I needed help. Because, I mean, triplets is just, it's an animal like you can't imagine. Mm -hmm. And so 
it was all it was all really because we had bought our first home and you know we were we were in that and I'm and I'm still out. We were looking for a new home at that point too. True. So Damn, you know, I didn't even think about that. We had a lot going on at that two and ten month thing. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was wild. So knowing you know that that particular for and again, I asked Jack's permission to put this out there so he knows, and this is for him to hear stepping outside of the frame. He's going to get out of the picture and and he's going to listen to this. And so there, you know, there are opportunities there, you know, but what with what she has just to go back to this, who knows what she's going through if y'all aren't talking about it. Who knows what those because Jack, you have you've got insecurities going on that you may not be sharing with her. Because it's when something's wrong, you're automatically thinking, this is about me, is what it sounds like. I could mm-hmm. be off on that. Now, let's go a little bit further here into this email. <laughs> what took place, what event took place to make you and or your wife not feel safe to express yourselves? So there were a few incidents that happened that hurt deeply. We've had some financial issues in the early stages of our marriage and making repeated mistakes after we talked about it several times. Sometimes I've done, uh, I've done even, okay, I got it. This was a keyboard mistake or a, don't you love spell check? Mm -hmm. Thank you, Siri. You screw me up all the time. Sometimes I don't even know I'm repeating the same mistake, but I'm always trying to be better. But the fact is, it's happening repeatedly, uh, which means I still have room to do better. And it's true. And that's something that Jeannie and I have struggled with. You know, I don't have details and don't necessarily know what has happened um, that's hurt her deeply. There, there are a variety of things that it could be. If it's something like infidelity, then that's, gonna, that's a challenge that we need to get you some additional help on because Jeannie and I have not been through that. If it's about money, we're still working through those challenges <laughs> ourselves. Go back to the last two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're still working through that ourselves, but we've had a long time working through it. So we, but are, we are far better now than we were we are, 10 years ago. We are. Um, <laughs> so... With those mistakes, it's time, you know, it's like time for you and her to really have an open conversation. And it needs to be, needs to be one of those times where, you know, somebody's taking care of the kids and y'all can really talk and, and you can focus on one another and talk about these situations. Because for Jeannie and I, when it comes you know, to money, we've established some of these things and you've heard the episodes already. Is there a need you're trying to fill with money? Because you're not going to fill it, no matter how much money you have. How do we know this? Because millionaires and billionaires and rock stars and people in Hollywood over here in America, they're still living life and like, Many times they'll commit suicide because they're alone and they're not getting their needs met. So money, while money is a great mechanism to help some of your problems go away, go away, it doesn't mean you get to get away from you. And so 
You have to really get down to the root of the issue. Why are why am I doing these things and how does it affect my spouse? Because I can, like for Jeannie and I, the cat's already out of the bag here. I can trust her everywhere, but when it comes to money, my trust has been broken. And that's, it kills me to say that. You know that. It kills mm-hmm. me to say that. Um, and it and it's hard. It was hard for me to even admit that. I was disgusted with myself. Um, but you need to understand where she's at, and she needs to understand where you are. And what is the effect What's the, re- the like, let's say this, what is the residue in the dish that has not been cleaned out? If you've done dishes, if you've ever had a casserole, et cetera. Somebody it, always burns something. Yeah. And there's a certain amount of residue that can stay in there. And that residue becomes resentment. And if you don't do something about it, it'll become bitterness. And then all of a sudden, um, anything that happens you can't see it because now you have a filter. You have a clouded vision of what it is, and it's all kind of coming through uh, whatever that residue is. So it's important to get it all out on the table. Now, after this, if you want to tell me what that's about, if you want to share those things and I not share them on the program, I'm in. I'll help you the best that I can. If you don't, it's okay. You've given me, you've given me so much to work with to help you. So, you know, if you are doing things, if you are making mistakes and not realizing that you're making mistakes, why are you on autopilot? What, what is the expectation? What is the areas and what are the areas in your life where you need to be more intentional so that you're not making certain mistakes this way, especially ones that breach your wife's um, confidence in you. Like I say, it's generalized because I'm not sure exactly what it is, but there's a part of your life that you are not living intentionally, and you need to back up and look at that and understand why it is. And this will help you. Because if you do things with intention... If you get to the point where maybe it is like spending money, if it's a gambling habit, then you need to seek professional help. But if it's just spending money on Amazon or shopping or whatever, y'all need to talk about some things and say, okay, here are the guidelines. This is what we're doing. And then work through whatever, whatever that is. Jeannie and I have both had business like, small business startups and we've cost the family a lot of money. I mean, one of my clothing lines had us in debt 17 grand. That's a ton of money to Quincy Moran. <laughs> and eventually we paid it off and it and it worked out. You know, Jeannie did some candle businesses and etc. got us into debt. It happens. So it's not uncommon. But it's something that y'all need to discuss and get down to the bottom of. Let it all out. It's one of those principles I call let all the air out of the balloon so that you know what you're working with. Don't sit there and try to justify what you did with your spouse or change the way they feel about it. Let her talk it out. Then you talk it out. And then whatever the plan is moving forward, figure out your buzzwords so it's like, hey, uh, if you've overspent money here and it's with good intention because it's what the family needs, um, 
you know, you need to talk about that. Does that, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, now, how do you define living as roommates? What does that look like? What was your relationship like before this change happened? So living as roommates is like we just exist in the same space. No communication, no affection, one word responses. Our relationship before was very loving and caring. We go on dates every weekend and constantly enjoy each other's company. So what I, what I would like to know is did that stop after the kids or why did that stop? And does this stem from the hurtful situations that have come in the past? There's more to connect that story, Jack, that you know about. Well, if affection is missing, do they know each other's language? Yeah. Because if affection was missing from you and I, that's detrimental to me. Yeah, to me too. That's that's my A number one language is affection. That's why when Quincy said in the previous episode, if he can tell that I'm off, he'll come in and, you know, grab me behind the waist or, you know, come and hug me. And depending on my response, if I melt into him and take a deep breath, it's because I'm letting all of my stress out because that's that's my safe spot. That We jokingly call it my spot. Um, if I tense, then he knows that I'm pissed off at him for something or something's off with us because I don't want to be touched right now. And that's very, very rare for me when it comes to Quincy. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's missing and it's like, we've had medical situations where affection had to be missing a certain way because we just weren't physically capable of meeting each other's need, but we still had to find some way. I mean, we go as far as to sleep in recliner chairs next to each other and just hold hands while we sleep just so that we have some type of physical connection. If that's missing for us, there's a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's, that's a huge divide. And if it, if it's her language or your language, if it's one of the top three and that's not there, we've got a deeper dive to do. Yeah, you know? well, the, I mean, saying that it was this way before and now it's this way and now it's not that way, that's an indicator that it, it, it was there for them. So, you know, my my when I look at that in this particular situation, um, like when, when Jeannie's not being affectionate or when she doesn't initiate affection, I'll do it anyway. But when she's not um, typically... Mo- more than likely, and correct me if I'm wrong, more than likely um, it's a direct reflection of her, um, what, is, what is the word I'm looking for? Like you are, when you're reading a lot. And I'm in my head or I am, um, I pull back. I start, I start to go into myself. Yeah. Whatever that, there's a word that I use that's there that I can't think about. She's retreating in a sense Mm -hmm. and she's kind of getting into a place where she's going numb. We've talked about that. Mm -hmm. So there's so much, there's so much going on that she just retreats to that numb place. It's an overwhelm. When you, when I'm overwhelmed, I tend to go numb because it's just too much to deal with at one time. Yeah. And so with that, um, the next response, I asked Jeannie to, to, to dive in on this particular email to talk to Jack. And so she says, uh, this is Jeannie Quincy's wife. He asked me to read the email correspondence and asked for my input. I hope you don't mind. We work as a team. But sometimes another perspective provides a little more help. So here's, uh, here's Jeannie's email back. 
I understand you said there were financial issues and mistakes made repeatedly. Although those may be the issue that have hurt her, that doesn't explain why your communication is not considered a soft place to land or a soft place, as you referred to. It was a safe place. I, I read soft on the second one, a safe place. Um, have there been arguments uh, where things have been said or maybe resentment, unforgiveness have been rooted, unresolved hurts, meaning one or both of you took a harsh dig at one another, and now there's a barrier when you communicate, a fear of one or the other using the words shared as ammunition rather than an honest communication of emotions or feelings. And that can happen if, if, you're, if your spouse shares something vulnerable with you, and then when it comes time to fight, you have so much bitterness or you, you have any bitterness or resentment there, you're going to use that against them. We call that going for the jugular. Yeah, and that's that's not good. That's not good. So it tells you if you're having those feelings that you've got some residue and you need to, you need to figure what, out what it is. You need to work through it. Uh, our previous show about hurtful words will help you better see what I mean there. Sometimes we say something out of an emotional outburst. Quincy Moran did on that episode. Or our those own, are his words, not my email. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Those those were my words. The caveat, um, outbursts, or or our own hurt or defensiveness, and we unintentionally hurt our spouse. It's not intentional, but it does leave a mark, so to speak, and it can cause our spouse to raise defenses and block us out. Sometimes it's temporary, and can be reconciled immediately. And sometimes it can take some time. To get that wall back down. I understand making repeated mistakes and often not even realizing it. I'm the culprit in this marriage. I spend money not because I want to. I want to hurt us, but because it makes me feel good to do, uh, to do, to get things for myself or most often for others. And often I don't think about what it does to us financially. And it can seem to, and it, and it can cause a rift between us. I, like you, am still working on breaking habits that aren't necessarily bad, but they are hurtful to our trust and our marriage. Here's a question I'd like to have you answer. What does a hard talk or difficult conversation look like in your marriage? That's a brilliant question because you need to know. How do you all have a hard talk? How do you talk about do hard things? you know things? what a hard talk is? Right. Do you two argue until someone gives or a, gives or a compromise can be reached? Or do you take the time to honestly listen to each other, not talking over one another, uh, not keeping score in your head of everything you think is wrong, but what's being said. But honestly, listen and let each other get everything out on the table and calmly discuss it. Don't worry, not everyone can have calm, compromising conversations all the time or without help. We still mess this one up, our, uh, this one ourselves, and it's a cardinal rule we have been uh, we have between us. So don't think I expect you to be perfect. I just want uh, a picture of where you're at, so we can ha better help you. And that's very that's a very uh, honest assessment there. Because like Jeannie and I have talked about in the past, if you're fighting to be right, somebody's got to lose. So if you're fighting for what's right, that means you'll be open-hearted, you'll be open-minded, you know, to hear. Um, to hear your spouse out, not try to change how they feel. Um, and maybe they've taken some of the situation, maybe some, some of it's off. Maybe some of the assessment that you have is off in the situation. So you can clarify that. 
But if you're fighting to be right, that means your spouse is going to be the loser. And that's not what you want. Well, and if you're right, you're going to be lonely. That's one of that's, Coach Rita's big deals. You know, you can be right, but you're going to be right all by yourself. Correct. And that, and there's there's caveats to go along with that. But the, the goal is to fight for what is right for your relationship, not fight to be right. Because that is divisive. Um, like I say, there's context and caveat to that. Uh, but in this situation, with the limited information we have, Jeannie just wanted to present this to Jack so he would understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Hope this helps. I'm glad you chose to reach out to Quincy. The hardest step is often asking for help. So kudos to you for being brave enough to put yourself out there. Looking forward to hearing back from you, Quincy and Jeannie Moran. And then, um, you know, it had, I, I kind of let that soak in uh, for a while and then, you know, reached out to say, hey, I hope all is well. Sometimes that can be a lot. Sometimes it can just be a lot uh, for what we're telling you. Um, so with that, I think we're going to I think we're going to close this episode off right here. Uh, there are some major takeaways for y'all, and I hope. I hope you have them within yourself. I think the, you know, what's most important is we take these types of lessons and then we put an action plan together, you know, in our head or even on paper so that, you know, we can be intentional about what it is we're doing. So, you know, what's, what's the number one thing you want to do this exercise? Why did you choose your spouse? Why did you choose your wife? Why did you choose your husband? Go back to that and don't just do it when things are tough. Try to do it often. Even set a reminder in your phone. I have that. It's like, what are your wife's thoughts about you? I took a text that she sent me that had her thoughts about me. And I put it on an uh, an alert and said, hey, remember your wife's thoughts about you. So do this exercise. Now, after you do that exercise, you know, you want to make sure that you know, you're considering where your spouse is. Like we said in the first episode here, you're not the center of her universe. You may be the center of her heart. So understand if she's got a heavy load or things are going on, um, that you want to remain neutral when you're asking. You know, and, and look, it, it can be really nerve-wracking. It can be very uncomfortable to approach your spouse and say, hey, you know, it's like you don't want to go up to her and say, you know, your attitude sucks. What's your problem? That's that's probably that's not the approach you want to take. You know, so I think, you know, when it comes to us, that's just something that we if you go back and you remember why you married her, it's going to take this current moment um and it's going to soften you up a little bit so that you can be a bit more objective about your situation. You know, and it's like, hey, both of you need to put, you need to wear each other's shoes for a minute. Just for a minute. Because you don't know what it is your spouse is going through and vice versa. A lot of times those, those things, we suffer in silence, like I said. You know, when it comes to um, the next thing you want to do is it's like, where are the areas you're doing things and you just don't realize, but you've made mistakes? So are you living intentional? Are you being intentional with those things? And then do you have, have you created a safe place for y'all to share your feelings? 
That safe space crap is way overdone these days. But in a relationship, you need to know that you're safe and you have a soft place to land for you to pour your guts out to your spouse. Not attacking, saying this is where I'm at and this is how I feel about this situation so that you can really open your heart. And, and like when I tell Jeannie how I'm feeling, she doesn't need to tell me why I'm feeling that way. Mm-mm. It's not, that's not the prerogative here. No, and when she comes to me, yeah. And when she comes to me and she's like, this is what's going on. <clears throat> I don't have to be Mr. Fix it. That was my first thing. It's like, sometimes she just needs to let all the air out of the balloon. Um, and if she gets a little loose on me, I, I don't have to get indignant. Uh, you can't speak to me that way. It's like, no, it's, she needs to be able to say what she needs to say. Hopefully as respectfully as possible. But let her get all the air out of the balloon. Figure out where she's at. So creating that soft place to land where your spouse... And look, when Jeannie says things that maybe she has it wrong or that are not, that I don't line up with or something like that, it's, for me, it's like, hey, this is a challenge for me. I have a hard time with this because this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And you're jumping to this conclusion about who I am. And so these two, these two worlds don't collide. Well, and part of that, that soft place is being able to say, like, if I go off the rails, Quincy will sometimes stop and go, okay, I just need to know. Do you want my feedback in this or do you just need to let it out so I know what you need from me? It sounds kind of funky at first because I was like, what? But then it made sense because if I'm going off the rails and it's I need his feedback, then I have to stop what I'm doing and be willing to listen to it. Yeah. Sometimes I just need to get it out. I don't want to hear it. I just want to get it out. And then once it's out, you know, it usually takes me a day or two and then I'll come back and say, okay, what are your what are your thoughts on this? But it, it, it's just if you don't know and you're trying to figure out how to work the communication out, ask yeah, and, and just in all, you know, all candor, the first time I said that to her, she was none too happy. I because, hate feedback. Well, it's not just that. It's like, so what? You Are you just asking me? I can't remember the exact terminology you used, but it was off-putting to you because you're like, what do you think, I'm just complaining? or I don't remember what it was, but it took a little while for us to get that down together because I, I want to make sure... A, I want to listen authentically all the time, but I need to know if it's something that you're just venting on and you just need to get it out, or is it something that you like need consult on so I can help you? Well, and it, sometimes that varies too, because it, usually if it's just me, you know, we're just talking and I get a little agitated or animated with it. Um, you don't really put too much into the feedback, but if it if it's something where you can tell that I'm hurting and I'm really upset. and you're fighting not to say your piece or to to put your two cents in there to kind of help me out, that's when those questions come in handy because it it may not be the time to put your piece in there yet because I'm still too hot or I might still be trying to work through some things in my own head because I might not have the full picture. Yeah. So um, it's just kind of a, like we said, we have a lot of buzzwords. We have a lot of, of... very specific questions or statements that we will use with each other that just triggers both of us to say, okay, wait, okay, okay, I know where you're coming from. Hold on a second. Let me recalibrate where I'm at Yep. so that we don't accidentally hurt each other. We don't, you know, 
it, it just prevents us from really fighting is what it is. It helps us to talk rather than fight. Yeah, and the other principle of that is like, if you've got a lot going on and you're not talking about it, like I'm not talking about habitual complainers. That's all I'm talking about. But if you if you feel overwhelmed, there's a lot going on, a lot of times you just need to hear yourself talk about things. And once all the air's out of the balloon, it's like, oh, actually it's probably not as bad as I thought. But mm-hmm. at least I got it out. I feel better. I got it off my chest. And I'm good. You know, it's one of those things you'll see in the movies. You know, it's like, the guy or the gal is just like, just talking like crazy. And all the other guy, you know, the guy or whoever else is listening is just sitting there listening. And when it's all over, it's like, you are such a great communicator. You know, just the right things to say. And it's like, oh, I didn't, your head, you're going, I I didn't really say anything. But, you know, it's like, you need to get it out. Well, and it's huge, especially if you have kids too, because um, it, I have a really bad habit, which I'm trying to teach our kids not to do. <laughs> um, it will it will deflect onto them. If, if I'm going through something and I can't get a, a, a grasp on it, and you and I haven't had a chance to really talk through it, it will leak into the kids. Oh, yeah. yeah and, yeah. and you know, it might leak into work, depending on what's happening. So it's important for us to have those conversations and just let the other one let it all go and say, okay, because otherwise, and it's happened to me so many times, you have to go back, and now you got to clean up another mess that you made because it wasn't their fault. Yeah. And and, then, and you know, now you got to go back and, you know, we do this because we want our kids to, A, I, I don't want you to carry a hurt from me that you shouldn't have in the first place. Um, B, I want them to own up. If you do something and you know you've done something, own it, apologize for it, make it right. Those are important things to learn growing up, period, to anybody. But it's yeah. something that they will, they see us do and they will carry it, I believe, over into their marriages because they do it with each other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's just, it's it's very important because there will be times where, you know, maybe I get a call right before I'm coming in the house and, <laughs> and I can be pretty sharp. And the girls will notice and go, Dad, are you are you, are you sharp? Are you edgy or what's going on? And I can kind of clarify. It's like, listen, dear, right now, this has nothing to do with you. So if I'm acting like a freaking turd, I apologize and I'll try to snap out of it. Um, you know, whatever I have going on has nothing to do with you. Quincy's famous external dialogue. I'm acting like a turd right now and I need to get over myself. Please excuse me. I apologize. Give me a minute. I'll be right back. Yeah, got to coach myself <laughs> through it. It's like, man, what a what a freaking turd. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm just a butthurt baby right now. I got to get over myself. <laughs> and usually if I make fun of myself, I get to laughing and I kind of shake myself out of it. But it helps them to, to see that you everybody goes through it. Yeah. You know, they're teenagers and young adults and God love them. They're going through their own stir of mess. So it's not just your marriage. I mean, I know the kids in this particular instance are two and ten months, but they're watching you. Yeah. Two years, two to five years is a huge time where they pick things up and they start to navigate and figure out what works and what doesn't because they're emotionally heightened. That's how they're getting everything met right now is is through emotions and how how the atmosphere works. It's not they, they don't have a full vocabulary yet. Yeah, it's more right now what we found out later on. Yeah. 
you can say all you want, but they watch what you do. Oh, yeah. And they're going to do what you do. They oh, are. Yeah. You know, first of all, they have your DNA and your genetics. And this is not to Jack and his wife. This is to all of us. They have your DNA and your genetics, and they're going to watch what you do. Even though you say you're going to do something, they watch what you do. And that was one of the things for me that was a really big deal is to say, if I'm saying something and I'm not doing it, that really doesn't line up. It's all about being congruent, that fancy word about congruency. And it's like, well, shoot, man. If I'm going to tell my kids, you know, they need to do X, Y, and Z, or you see it, you know, anything like that. It's like a, an experience I recently had at work where we have these cones, you know, that, that go on the truck. Mine has, I think mine has been misplaced. Actually, I know it has. Anyway, it was on there, and a coworker was like, hey, uh, you want me to take that cone off of there for you? I said, you know, I got to I got to walk around this truck. I preached it for so many years to my employees that they need to do this. That I, I, my, my integrity needs to remain intact, so I appreciate it, but I'm going to walk around, and I'm going to grab it. You know, so I'm honest to my word. And that's the life that I wanted to live in front of my kids. And matter of fact, I was just kind of consulting with a guy, you know, this week on a phone call. And uh, I was like, hey, man, I, you know, uh, I want to I want to lose weight. I want to get healthy. It's like, OK, well, here's where we're going to start. And before you can get healthy, you need to decide what kind of man you want to be. Because until you can trust yourself, you're not going to follow through. And I can't get into their rabbit hole, but I'm saying, you know, that there, it goes to your children just to get mm -hmm. to close that point. You're going to say a lot of things and the words you say can hurt and help. But more than anything, what you do is what your kids are going to do. And That's trust what they're going to watch. They're 16, 17 years old. They remind you. And you know that because <laughs> you were somebody 16 or 17 year old yep. at this point. So. That's and not I've to, apologized to my mother so many times the yeah, last year. <laughs> yeah, plenty, plenty, plenty. All right, look, I I have not followed through on what I said I was going to do in this episode. Actually, I didn't make that distinction this episode. It was the first one that I said, hey, we're going to try to keep it about 35 minutes. Well, that is in the past. Stinking monologuer. Mr. Monologuer, yeah. Um, what's that dang Britney Spears song that I used to always? Oops, I did it again. No, honey, no. <laughs> Look no. at your face. Oh, you're disgusted. You know the words. Nah, 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 nah. I don't know. It's not womanizer. It's something else. Anyway. Um Moving on. Monologuers, uh, you know. Yeah. I I wish I could think of it. Anyway, I can't. That is all for this episode. Brother Jack, I hope you're good, man. I hope uh I pray this is helping you and that as we articulate this, you're kind of getting a different perspective. Maybe your wife will even jump in and listen to this uh these couple of episodes. And uh if she does, great, because she'll understand your heart is to really, really grow and re you know, reconcile these situations in your marriage so that your relationship can just continue to blossom. So you have my respect, brava. Anything else you want to say, honey? Nope. You're six miles away from the microphone. No. There you go. Nope. <laughs> That's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> what a good movie. Champions. It's got some uh it's got some some foul things in it, but if you haven't seen it, Champions with Woody Harrelson. Uh we have 
we have kids with special needs, so it was great. It was great. Yeah. Like, I feel you. I uh, understand this. I have to watch that movie again. There's just some really, really good stuff in there. So with that, she is Jeannie Moran, my lovely bride, my best friend in the whole world, my woman. And I am Quincy Moran, a.k.a. the Q-Dog. And this is Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. <laughs>